Welcome to LOA Today. Walt Thiessen and Life Coach Cindy Chavez here. Today is Tuesday, December the 4th, 2018. It is 8 a.m. New York time. That's 5 a.m. Los Angeles time. Uh, it is 1 p.m. London time, and in Sydney, Australia, it is midnight. So thank you, particularly if you're listening in uh, Sydney, Australia, or any of the other time zones around the, the world that uh, have uh, you know the show being broadcast in the middle of the night, because we appreciate you getting up and watching it. <laughs> and uh, this is, once again, your Daily Dose of Happy for Tuesday, and uh, we are going to be continuing our conversation that Cindy and I have been having for quite a few weeks now on the topic of Neville Goddard. And uh, the particular story we're working on right now is the book, The Power of Awareness. Isn't that what it's called? Power of Awareness, yes. Yeah, Power of Awareness. Yeah, yeah, and it's been really, really good. Um, we're going to continue that. We're also doing an experiment, which I just alluded to when I went live uh, with the podcast uh, live stream here, in the group, Law of Attraction Changed My Life group. Uh, the experiment is to see, can we live stream to two or more places at the same time on Facebook? And it turns out, Cindy, we can. <laughs> I actually figured out a way to do it. And there, there is a, a built-in way to do it if you have uh, two or more pages, not necessarily groups or, or you know other places online, but pages. You can do what they call um, cross-posting or cross-streaming. And that, that's kind of a built-in Facebook function. But there's no similar function for connecting to both a, a page and a group at the same time, which is what I've just figured out how to do. And I'll, anyone who's curious to know how it's done, I'll explain it to you. It's pretty simple, actually. Um, assuming you know how to set up a live stream in the first place, and I won't try to explain that. Um, <clears throat> most people can probably find it because Facebook does have that capability fairly easy for somebody who just want to, wants to live stream their own stuff on their own phone. But you set up the live stream to a page that you control. In this case, I'm setting it up to the LOA Today page on Facebook. And once you set it up there and it starts going live, you know, Cindy, how at the top of every post there's a there's like a time or a date saying when this thing was posted? Like immediately right. after you post it, it says just now or maybe one minute ago or something like that. Well, a lot right. of people don't know this, but that's actually a link to a page that shows you just that page, post, just that one post, nothing else, even if that post is a video. And if you copy that link and paste it into a group post, it reproduces the same post within the group. It's kind of like sharing okay. in a sense, but it's sharing without a share button. It's sharing by, by copying and pasting that link. And so that's what we're trying today. We're testing it to see how it's going to work out. I, I think it's going to work out pretty good because my early tests um, have been good. I just haven't done all the testing that I wanted to do, but I've tested it enough to know that it, that it works. I mean, I just wanted to also find out what the idiosyncrasies are, you know, the, the weird stuff. Like, well, so why does it do this? So why does it work that way? You know, I haven't figured that part out. But, hey, we'll, fig we'll, we'll figure that part out as we go, right? <laughs> I was going to say, does that mean we're going to find that stuff out this morning? That, <laughs> we probably that. will. <laughs> well, you know, we're, we're just learning it as we go, you know. We're just, it's it's a trial. It's, it's you know, see what happens. So, uh, and I can see that we are live in the group. We're, we've got some eyeballs on it, so that's good. Um, so, you know, let's just go with it and see what happens, right? Let's do it. All right. So how you been? I mean, we haven't talked in a week. How's your week been? My week's been good. Good. My week's been good. I've been working hard. <laughs> it's it's crunch time for me because the new moon is Friday. So I have a product that I put out every new moon. Oh, yes, that's and right. So, yeah, so I'm I'm finishing, getting the finishing touches done on that. And I had... 
probably taken off a little more time than I usually do between <laughs> getting married and between Thanksgiving right. and like different things that, that came up. And so all of a sudden it hit me. Oh, I need to, I need to get uh, rolling here on this. So I've been working hard on that, but it's, it's coming out really, really nice and beautiful. Good. So do you want to tell yeah, people how to, uh, how to connect into it? I mean, may, there may be listeners here who want to say, you uh, I'd like to find out what she's putting out. Maybe, maybe it's useful for me. How, how do they get it? Uh, well, if you, Probably the best way to find that out is to follow me on Instagram, Cindy Chavez on Instagram, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z, okay. um, or go to my website and find it there. It's called Moon Treat, and a new one comes out for specifically for every lunation cycle, so it comes out on the new moon. So if you sign up for you know my mailing list or you follow me on some kind of social media. That's usually where I announce it when it's ready. It's not ready quite yet, but in a day or so it'll be ready. Working hard over here. I think I, I do some hand drawings in it, and yesterday I drew for seven hours. <laughs> so my, my hands are like a little bit tired. Yeah. I'm getting there. <laughs> I would say seven hours. Wow. Oh my goodness. That's, that's dedication right there. That's what that is. Well, I love it. I love it. My hands don't always love me for it at the end of the day, but <laughs> but anyway, it's going well, and it's cold here this morning. Oh, really? I actually went to bed last night with the air conditioner on. I woke up this morning, and it was like in the 40s. Ooh. It's been bouncing back and forth between the, I think this weekend it was 80, 81. Wow. I know. It's weird. <laughs> Yeah, we, it's hard to know how to dress in the morning. You have to kind of shift the scale, but we've been going through a similar kind of thing just on a different scale. Because for us yesterday, we were up in the mid-50s, which was warmer than it's been for a long, long time. And then tonight, it's supposed to be down in the teens. So, yeah, the oh, same yeah, kind of man. shift. Yeah. Kind of the same thing. Yeah. yeah just kind of shift to right. 20, 30 degrees. That's all. Just at the other end of the thermometer. Yeah, right. right. <laughs> I saw somebody post on Facebook. Um, they live in Canada, and it said something like, me trying to sleep in Canada in the winter. It's that heater on, windows cracked, 13 blankets on the bed, one foot out. I love that, especially about the one foot out, because uh, I, I, right? I've been using that trick. It's a good way. You're overheated, but you don't want to take the covers off, so you just stick your foot out, and it just kind of regulates the you heat. Just stick it's your Yep, that yes, works great. <laughs> so, so yeah, so we've been we've been working our way through uh, Neville Goddard's yay, yay. That's the big book too. The one that, if you're watching on video, the one that Walt just showed is the big book of Neville Goddard. There's a lot of his books all compiled together, which I think is great. Oh yeah. Uh, this one, this one is one of the books that has more chapters some mm. of them are very very short this one has i think 27 chapters yep but the chapters are kind of short we're they are we're on chapter nine yes uh did we yeah i guess we did do eight didn't we so we're on nine are mm -hmm. we on yes i can't remember <laughs> did we do we, we did renunciation yes okay yes so we're on chapter nine you're right yeah so we're on chapter nine which we're moving right along <laughs> absolutely and one, of, one of the things i always I hope that um, it doesn't get redundant, me saying this all the time, but just because I recognize that some people may be coming in as new to Neville or mm, possibly um, just haven't heard these parts of Neville, and that is 
all of the scripture quoting that he does. Um, Neville uses quite a bit of New Testament scriptures from the Christian Bible, and when he does, sometimes he doesn't really explain them. He just uses them and then dives right into what he's talking about. Other times he does explain, but his his explanations and definitions of words that he pulls out of the Christian Bible are often very different from what we would think they were going to be if we just grew up knowing those Bible verses or learned them in Sunday school or somewhere. Very, very different. And so he starts the the chapter off today with a couple, and so I wanted to just give that sort of disclaimer there, uh, because we've talked about this before. (laughs) Some of us may be very excited to see Christian scriptures in the mm-hmm. reading material, and some yep. of us may want to run for the hills when we see that. <laughs> and you know, so I, I realize there's there's different differences of opinions um, about how that hits people, uh, depending on your own maybe religious experiences or upbringing or whatever. And so mm-hmm. we just want to say, um, give it a give it a minute, just give it a little minute, and don't freak out if that's something that doesn't hit you uh, the right way, because. His definitions are so out of this world anyway, he's probably not saying what you think he is. So. Uh, that's, a, that's actually become a good thing from my perspective. Um, well, it's he, a good thing from my perspective, too. Um, it's the thing that kept me from Neville for a long time. Well, beyond that, um, I found throughout most of my life that I was at odds with people who were religious, particularly Christian religious, because I didn't feel like I had anything I could talk to them about. Um, but for instance, Anne Marie, who does the Sunday evening program with me, she, she goes to church regularly and you know, that it resonates with her from, from that perspective, just as well as it resonates with me from my perspective, which is a non-religious perspective. So it gives a bridge. It provides a bridge oh, for, for, for both sides to, to, to be in dialogue again, on a topic that, you know, we were really kind of separate on. That's really, really great. Isn't that good? Because that was one of the things, well, personally, it's one of the things that stopped, it didn't stop me, of course. I've been reading Neville <laughs> for years and years and years. But at first, it was a little hard to take. Oh, God, I yes. would want to just, like a couple of the books that he has, the smaller books, are just filled with, because they're his explanation of a mystical thing. So mm. he's actually talking about it. And I remember a couple of those books, I would just, uh, I'm just going to skip to the next book. Right, and right, I liked right. what I was hearing from <laughs> Neville, but those particular chapters, I just didn't feel like going there. Mm-hmm. Um, and I have a long, long history of uh, religious studies. So I mm-hmm. definitely know what those passages uh, mean or are said to mean, and I know what Neville says they mean. I just didn't want to read them. It just it didn't even have anything to do with what they were supposed to mean. I was just like, nope, next. It, um, it proves that if, you're, if, we, if your passion is, is in a certain direction, either pro or against, it's going to drive it. I mean, in this case, it was against, and it just drove you away. Like, no, I don't want to be there, and yeah, that's what passion that. does. And then, and then when I, you know, exhausted all the rest of Neville and wanted to keep, I said, okay. <laughs> I, and then what, what? What was funny was one day I just started reading the chapter, and I was reading what he was saying about it, and I, I realized that it was almost like. Well, it wasn't almost like it was like. Um, we know, I know from relationship coaching, when people start to tell me a story of something that's happened to them, and they tell me they're over it, mm-hmm. right? They'll go, but I, I'm over it. 
Yeah. I, I can tell whether they're over it because sure. you can hear the charge in their voice when they're talking about it, right? right? Yep. Yeah, I let it go. I'm over it. No big deal. It's like, uh, no, I, I think it's still bothering you. I can mm. hear it in your voice, right? Mm. And then we recognize sometimes when something gets brought up or we're telling a story and it's like, huh, it just it really doesn't bother me anymore. There's just no charge there. Mm -hmm. That's how we know if we've let go of it. There's just no charge. That's right. And it was like that. I found myself reading some of these passages from Neville, and it's just, huh. And I remember when I was talking to you about it, you were like, yeah, I don't want to, I, I can't take too much of that. And I was like, well, you know, for me, I just, I don't know what happened, but there's no charge. So when we first started introducing Neville to the podcast, we had long discussions about this, that this may be something that some people get super happy about and are very excited and it really resonates with them. And then on the other hand, what about the people that are like, oh my goodness, like what am I listening to? Like, mm -hmm. did I get the gospel station? <laughs> You're right. Here? <laughs> <laughs> so I recognize it's going to span the whole, you know, spectrum of belief systems and the way it people does. feel about things. But I had not thought about it from the perspective that you just mentioned. Mm. And that is, a bridge That's to right. bring those two ends of the spectrum together where there's something to talk about here because we both have an interest in it. That's really cool. Well, I'm going to even risk stuff even further here uh, because it is a bridge. And I agree and I love the, the idea that it's a bridge. And I'm glad that we're talking about that. I'm going to propose an idea that seems incredible to almost anybody who pays any attention to, here's the dirty word, politics. I'm going to propose the idea that Law of Attraction teaching, both from Neville and, and from other sources, can ultimately help to bridge the political divide. And that's, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't fight against that idea. I mean, I don't think it's going to happen necessarily tomorrow, but I think it's going to happen. And I don't know how it's going to happen. I, I can't begin to describe how it's going to happen, but I just feel it. I, I feel it because... Well, partly because despite all of the angst and the anger and frustration and bitterness and so forth, I can tell that even the people who are on the stream, extreme left or extreme right are getting tired of the angerness and the bitterness. They're, they're, just, they're, they're running out of steam, so to speak, on that. I, it's not like they're out of steam. They've still got a lot of steam left. But, <laughs> you know, it's, it's just not as, it's yeah, not as it's much fun as it was. Fatigue. Yeah. <laughs> There's a name for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah. And they're going to be ready for whatever it's going to take to, to create a bridge that is palatable uh, to, to some degree. Uh, I think this is going to be it. So that's just my opinion. Yeah, it's interesting that you, that you use the word palatable because mm. I'm, I'm thinking of it in a way that sometimes people finally come to agreement because something is so unpalatable mm, yeah, right. <laughs> that nobody wants to taste that anymore. Yeah. Well, that's the nature of a palate. I mean, you, it, it, right. you, you experience it when you try different kinds of foods, particularly if they're well-prepared foods. You, you, you try um, item one, and, oh, the, the flavor is so good. And then you, you do something to just uh, numb that taste, you know, water or bread or something like that. And you go on to item two. It's like, oh, I really don't like that one at all. And then you numb the taste again. You go on to the next item. You, know, you do that right. so, that, so it doesn't poison cleanser. your taste. Well, yeah, exactly, a little cleanser. Well, you know, the same thing uh, applies here, I think. We're, we're trying out the, the, the different flavors, the different uh, uh, eating experiences until we're, we're finding some agreement on, wow, we love the duck. The duck is fabulous. <laughs> Something along that line. Yeah, no, it's really a good point. And yeah. I'm glad that you brought it up because, you know, like I said from the very beginning, that was one of my 
concerns about Neville is how is this gonna? It it's it's different. His writing is very different than very. anything out there, and so it's yeah. like. I know I love his teaching, but it's like I love his teaching from a mystical perspective. Mm -hmm. Yep. Right, and it's like, okay, <laughs> how is this going to shake out with our wide audience? But I think it's shaking out fine. So. And as we get into it, I also want to encourage people who are listening to us live in the Law of Attraction Change My Life group. If you have any questions or, or comments to make, you know, include them in the comments section because we'll monitor there and and uh, include what you have to say while we're carrying on our conversation here. So, with that thought in mind. Um, oh, I should probably also do the promos, shouldn't I? Um, first and foremost, are you subscribed? If you're not, become a subscriber. The links are in almost every place where you can find these podcasts uh, being posted with their descriptions. They're in the descriptions. Uh, just follow the appropriate link for your device. If you can't find them in the description, just go to the homepage of our website, LOAToday.net. You can find links, great big gigantic icon links there that you can click on. And then just follow the steps. And then once you're a subscriber, make sure that you're sharing your subscription and not just your script, subscription. You're changing your, your, you're sharing your experience of listening to LOA today and watching us. Um, if you're watching the live stream, uh, with other people on social media, because that's how you found out about it. That's how we all find out about these kinds of things. And people are appreciative when, when you share. So please do subscribe and share. And those are our two promo messages for the day. Yay. Thank you for subscribing and sharing all of you subscribers Absolutely. and sharers. Absolutely. Very much. All right. So we're in Chapter 9 of mm -hmm. The Power of Awareness by yep. Neville Neville Goddard. This book, this this website that I'm looking at says Neville Goddard, but I'm not sure if his book does or not. I don't have it no, on my desk. The, the, the book just says Neville at the bottom. Neville, right, because Neville actually just went by Neville as his pen name, so right. he's like a, got a rock star name there. Neville. That's right. <laughs> All right, so... Chapter 9, The Power of Awareness, Preparing Your Place is the title. And here he begins with some verses. Verses. Says, and all mine are thine, and thine are mine. John 17.10 Thrust in thy sickle and reap, for the time is come for thee to reap, for the harvest of the earth is ripe. From Revelation. He said, all, now this is Neville. <laughs> Not yeah, yeah. All is yours. Do not go seeking for that which you are. Appropriate it, claim it, assume it. Everything depends upon your concept of yourself. That which you do not claim as true of yourself cannot be realized by you. Now, where he says this, it tripped me up a little bit at first. Do not go seeking for that which you are. Um, but I understand now what he's saying. He's saying you don't have to go looking outside of yourself for for whatever it is that you want. Um, oh. All is yours. I'm glad you explained that, because I wasn't getting that the first time around. So thank you for the explanation. The, the Neville Dakota ring has come out once again. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you, are, you already are this. You don't have to go looking for it. Just claim it. Appropriate it. Assume mm. it. Mm -hmm. Once again, assume. Right. Like we talk about the assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Right. He says everything depends upon your concept of yourself. That which you do not claim as true of yourself cannot be realized by you. The promise is, and here he's going to use another verse, Whosoever hath, to him it shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that which he seemeth to have. <laughs> so again, he's he's talking about, and this this is sort of, I think, a perfect example of, 
his, you know, explanation of a verse with his own mystical twist on it. Mm. But he's, it, it's very, it's very apropos to LOA teachings. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Right? So it's like, because we're talking about vibrational alignment. Mm-hmm. So it makes sense that whatever sense. we have, we get more of it because <laughs> it's like that's where we're vibrating. Exactly. Exactly. He yeah. says, hold fast. In, were you going to say something, Walt? No, that's fine. I, I'm just confirming what you said. That's all. I, I agree okay. with you. I agree completely. <laughs> I agree with the <laughs> delegate from Louisiana. <laughs> <laughs> of the Neville fan club. That's right. <laughs> uh, hold fast in your imagination to all that is lovely and of a good report. For the lovely and the good are essential in your life if it is to be worthwhile. I think everybody would agree with that. Mm -hmm. Assume it. You do this by imagining that you already are what you want to be and already have what you want to have. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Now, I think it's interesting that he leads off in that last sentence with, you do this by imagining that you already are mm -hmm. what you want to be. And then he says, already have what you want to have. Because I think that that's the key right there. It's always connected to our sense of identity, which is why he says way back at the top, you don't have to go looking for something that you already are, right? That's so, true. Yep. And I, 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 I have a question here, though. And he's done this a number yeah. of times. Well, I shouldn't say that. The editor of this particular book of his books has done this a number of times. And I don't know where I'd even look at uh, the originals that, that Neville published, but there are a number of times, and the, here's two of them right here, where the, where there are verses published, but there's no reference to where they came from. And I'm wondering why, because there's so many times where, you're talking about? well, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. It doesn't say what the source is. The previous one before that, oh. whosoever has Proverbs, to him, it was given. It shall begin. Proverbs 23, seven. Oh, okay. So it's listed on the website, but not in the book. So, it it's, is. so it was an editor's decision. It makes me wonder what the editor was thinking. Maybe they just forgot. I don't know. But it just, it, was, it, it seemed curious to me. That's all. So anyway, yeah. it's, it's a side point. Yeah, I'm really curious. Yeah. I don't understand why, but. Because I do have other versions. And so now I'm curious if, if it's always edited out. I don't it's, know. It's, in the version that I'm reading online, it's in brackets. So. Okay. Okay. Yeah. It's added. Um, okay. So let's see. Sorry, I kind of derailed us there, but that that just caught my attention. <laughs> well, that might be it. Might be important to someone though to to know to have that uh, verse notated. So mm -hmm. that's a mm -hmm. good thing to catch. Yeah. Um. Be be still and know that you are that which you desire to be. You will never have to go search for it. In spite of your appearance of freedom of action, you obey, as everything else does, the law of assumption. Whatever you may think of the question of free will. The truth is, your experiences throughout your life are determined by your assumptions, whether conscious or unconscious. An assumption builds a bridge of incidents that lead inevitably to the fulfillment of itself. Man believes the future to be the natural development of the past. But the law of assumption clearly shows that this is not the case. Your assumption places you psychologically where you are not physically, and then your senses pull you back from where you were psychologically to where you are physically. 
Hmm. And that's interesting. Yeah. I think we should p- pull it apart a little we bit. We should, yeah. The way it's worded. Right. But actually what he's saying is that, remember we've been talking for weeks and weeks now about assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. Right. Right? So when when I am tapping into that greater dimensional space where my imagination operates, that's the power of assumption. And that's my assumption placing me psychologically where I am not physically, right? Because okay. I'm here in my office, in my desk, but if I shut my eyes and I assume the feeling of the wish fulfilled and I'm suddenly in another place in the world, physically I'm not there, psychologically I am. Mm-hmm, but sure. then he says, then your senses pull you back from where you were psychologically to where you are physically. So... Suddenly, when I when my body recognizes it's actually here in my office in the chair, I'm pulled back from mm-hmm. that place. Mm-hmm. He says it's these psychological forward motions that produce your physical forward motions in time. Okay. Precognition permeates all the scriptures of the world. Uh, I don't think I'd ever heard him say that before. That's funny. Precognition. Go ahead. Well, how do you think he's using that word precognition? Well, I don't know that there's more than one way to use it here. Um, I think that he is talking about his own sense of projecting into the future. Okay. So, so he's, he's using his words, projection. I, okay. I think... I think he's using it in a mystical sense. The reason I ask is that the biblical scripture is often um, portrayed in traditional churches as being um, foretelling of what's to come in the future. Yeah, I don't think he's using this in the sense of prophecy. Yeah. I think he's using it to say that the idea of precognition permeates all of it and and we know it certainly does when we hear him <laughs> explain his <laughs> yes the way he hears it right mm-hmm. so i mean that's the way i take that okay no, that's reasonable that's reasonable i just thought it was worthy of stopping just to say okay what exactly is he saying there because <laughs> you have to do that yeah, so often with metal yeah no it's a good question and that's that's the way i read it that that when he reads a scripture, he can see that he can see it permeated mm-hmm. with the idea of precognition. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. That makes so sense. He says, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am, there you may be also. And now I've told you before it comes to pass, that when it is come to pass, you might believe. From John 14. He says the I in this quotation, right? The I, the word I, mm-hmm. <laughs> not E-Y-E. Right, right, right. Just listening. <laughs> it's the I will come. I will, I go to prepare a place. He says the I in this quotation is your imagination, which goes into the future, into one of the many mansions. Mansion is the state desired. Telling of an event before it occurs physically is simply feeling yourself into the state desired until it has the tone of reality. You go and prepare a place for yourself by imagining yourself into the feeling of your wish fulfilled. 
Then you speed from this state of the wish fulfilled, where you have not been physically, back to where you were physically a moment ago. Then, with an irresistible forward mo movement, you move forward across a series of events to the physical realization of your wish, that where you have been in imagination, there you will be in the flesh also. So it's interesting to take what he said. He, he's suggesting a direct word substitution, uh, capital I being replaced by imagination. So, I mean, if we read reread the, the, the uh, John scripture quote, then it comes out as, in my father's house are many mansions. If it were not so, imagination would have told you. Imagination goes to prepare a place for you. And if imagination goes and prepares a place for you, imagination will come again and receive you unto, unto myself or yourself. I'm not sure which way to do that with imagination. <laughs> that where imagination is. And, the... and, and, no, I'll, I'll change it there okay. because you're using the, you're using the pronoun, right? So, and if imagination goes and prepares a place for you, imagination will come again and receive you into the imagination. Oh, good. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> yeah. All right. That, yeah. So yeah, where the imagination is, there yeah. you may be also. Okay. And now imagination has told you before it came to pass that when it has come to pass, you may believe. So that changes the, the, the whole scripture dramatically when you read it that way. I'm not sure I totally right, the, understand the scripture. The <laughs> <laughs> this makes the best point, right? Of like what I've said from the beginning about, okay, all the little uh, disclaimers that I give about yeah. the and the scripture, just hold on a minute. Just just give it a second before you know if you love it or maybe you mm -hmm. don't. <laughs> yeah, it's true. It's crazy. Yeah. It's true. Yeah. yeah. And I like your search and find method there because that's, yeah. really, that's really great. When he says the I in this quotation is your imagination. Yep. Yeah, it's really useful to just go back and read it that way. So when I read it he, that way, when I read it that way and I, I, I do the word substitution, so imagination would have told me that's an interesting idea the, the that that's one of the first word substitutions in the quotation imagination would have told me well imagination well, well actually no if we're supposed to do a, a pronoun what would be imagination would have told imagination no that can't be it how would you do that one that that if it were not so imagination would have told you is it still you at that point i'm not quite sure what to do with that It's like, I okay. think it's like, look, if this wasn't the way it was, then your imagination would have let you know. <laughs> okay. All right. But our imagination is when we go back to the very early chapters and we think about what he says about the subconscious and the conscious. All right. Well, if that's, well, let, hang on to the conscious versus subconscious idea for a moment. Uh, I want to go back to that, but I'm, I'm still exploring a particular thought that I've got where this is concerned. Imagine would have told you, imagination would have told you. That sounds to me very much like getting a message from within, inner being sending yeah. an idea, right? The, right. The, it sounds that way to you too. Okay, good. Well, if that's the case, what it really sounds like here is he's talking about connecting with inner being. Well, exactly. So if he's talking about he, connecting with inner being, that becomes another way of framing what you just brought up, the whole point of conscious versus subconscious, and also um, frames the way that we understand the rest of the quote. Because the rest of this quote 
especially the parts about if if my imagination goes and prepares a place for you, imagination will come and receive you unto itself or unto unto its own imagination. That that statement starts to take on a, a completely different meaning. It, it's it's more like imagination has almost become a, a living figure in a sense, and it's, that li- living figure is yourself drawing yourself in, which is a bizarre concept, but it's also evocative, if you know what I mean. Well, we we often hear that about the universe experiencing itself. Yeah. Right? And that's right. And that's what this reminds me of, mm-hmm. of the idea of divinity being within us mm. and the imagination being the place where we meet the divine. This is crazy deep us. stuff. This is crazy deep. This is just amazing. <laughs> so he, he winds up the chapter with quoting Ecclesiastes saying, mm-hmm. unto the place from whence the rivers come, thither they return again, which it's pretty funny because of what we're discussing right now. Mm-hmm. It reminds me exactly of that, right? It's like everything is a circle. Yeah. <laughs> everything comes back to itself. The universe is experiencing itself through us. We are experiencing the divine through our imagination mm-hmm. and creating all that is. Yeah. Wow. Crazy stuff. <laughs> right? And guess oh. what we just did? We finished chapter nine. And we did it in half of an episode, even a quarter of an episode, because the first <laughs> quarter was spent you know, talking about, hey, how's it going? <laughs> I'm curious. You said we had some people that were listening live. I'm curious if we've got any questions None. or comments. Or... And, and I, I'm, I'm almost amazed. I mean, we do have, uh, we don't have a lot of people who've been watching. We have a few people who've kind of ducked in, but nobody has left a comment. We've had one person liking it. So I'm not sure if that's reflective of this new experiment I'm doing where I'm live streaming to more than one place or what, but it, we're just not getting the, the usual response we normally get. So I'm kind of keeping an eye on that. Okay. Well, that's okay. We'll, we'll, we'll dive into chapter 10. All right. Let's do it. Um, chapter 10 is titled Creation. And he begins with a quote from uh, Isaiah. I am God, declaring the end from the beginning, and from ancient times, things that are not yet done. And if we go with uh, what we discussed in the last chapter, then we can replace the word I with imagination. <laughs> yeah, I wonder if uh, if Neville would follow that through with every verse. Maybe so. Well, he, he suggested that it's true throughout the Bible. I, I thought that's what he said. Pre- yeah, precognition permeates all the scriptures of the world, and his example was that quote. And and it's interesting that he says all the scriptures of the world. Yeah, not just the Bible. <laughs> right? There, there are there are other holy holy texts. Yeah. So good point. And this one and this one comes from the the Torah, the the Jewish Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, so we've got both of them going on here. So he he says creation is finished and. If I'm not mistaken, he began another chapter with those words. Um, it may have even been another book, but I remember we had this discussion mm-hmm. about creation is finished. Mm-hmm. Because remember, we talked about this. We talked about, well, if it's finished, then are we creating? Right. Yeah. And and I said, I think we're just choosing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right? mm-hmm. And then we got into the discussion about the uh, parallel universes and string theory and all that kind of stuff. 
it gets really deep around here sometimes. <laughs> yeah, we, we we should have PhDs because we pile them higher and deeper all the time. <laughs> <laughs> so creation is finished. Creativeness is only a deeper receptiveness for the entire contents of all time and all space while experienced in a time sequence actually coexist in an infinite and eternal now. So there we are with the multi the multiverse theory. There it is, right there, yeah. And I like that he says, this is exactly what we were just talking about, right? Creativeness is only a deeper receptiveness. Yes. Oh. So we always say, we call ourselves conscious creators, mm -hmm. but it's really more like conscious choosers or conscious receivers. If everything's already created, then we're just learning how to choose what we want and how to receive it. This also no. ties back to the to the conversation we did have previously, because I took the position that since it's an endless uh, list of creations, then the moment that we say, well, everything's already been created is the moment we try to play place a limit on what is limitless. And from that perspective, I argued that, well, that means creation is still going on. So, we're, so I think it's both. I think we're choosing and we're creating simultaneously, which I know sounds bizarre, but I think it's what's going on. <laughs> it's all bizarre, though, right? So, yeah. <laughs> In other words, all that you have, all that you ever have been or ever will be, in fact, all that mankind ever was or ever will be, exists now. Mm. This is what is meant by creation. And the statement that creation is finished means nothing is ever to be created. It is only to be manifested. What is called creativeness is only becoming aware of what already is. You simply become aware of increasing portions of that which already exists. The fact that you can never be anything that you are not already or experience anything not already existing explains the experience of having an acute feeling of having heard before what's being said or having met before the person being met for the first time or having seen before a place or thing being seen for the first time. That's the deja vu experience. Yeah. The whole of creation exists in you and it is your destiny to become increasingly aware of its infinite wonders and to experience ever greater and grander portions of it. Mm -hmm. yep. so I'm curious, you, you said, and I do see that, that's the first thing that came into my mind when I started reading that paragraph was, oh, this is like deja vu. Yeah. Um, and I, I mean, I've had that experience, that distinct experience, but I've also had the experience, he says, having met before, Mm -hmm. The person being met for the first time. Mm -hmm. I've definitely had that happen as well. Oh, yeah. Um, meeting someone and thinking that I've known them before or that I that I recognize them. And it's an uncanny kind of feeling. And I'm, I'm not sure if that's the same as what I think deja vu to mean. But to me, it is. But it may not be to everybody else. I mean, to me, they are the same kind of experiences. Um, just, you know slightly different in terms of the way we describe them, but the feeling to me is the same. Like when I'm, when I'm experiencing the idea of, of, um, I feel like I met you before. It feels just like deja vu to me. Okay. Interesting. Yeah. 
So that may be the same or different for someone else. But Might be. I don't know. It's interesting that, yeah, that Neville is saying that this is why. Mm. <laughs> because we're simply becoming aware of something that already exists. Yeah. <laughs> More mind-bettingness. Yes. Right, right. <laughs> so he says the whole of creation exists in you. And it is your destiny to become increasingly aware of its infinite wonders and to experience ever greater and grander portions of it. If creation is finished and all events are taking place now, the question that springs naturally to the mind is what determines your time track? That is, what determines the events which you encounter? And the answer is your concept of yourself. I almost read an always in there. The answer is always. That's how strongly I feel personally about this idea is that everything we experience is always directly related to our our identity, our concept of self. It, Concepts it, determine... Before you, well, before you go on with the rest of the paragraph, I want to uh, comment on what you just read there because I, I agree with you completely. And I want to add, there's a significance to that phrase that he puts in quotes, what determines your time track. No, so, so that whole sentence is, if creation is finished and all events are taking place now, the question that springs naturally to the mind is, what determines your time track? And the reason I, I'm pointing that out is, we are talking about the limitless number of possibilities all having already been thought out. That's, that's the claim here, right? And so therefore, creation is finished, as Neville, as Neville puts it. But at the same time, we brought in the time concept. And in the time concept, um, even though everything is now, we experience duration. We experience one one event or one item after another. We don't experience them all as one thing. We experience the duration aspect of it. And if that's the case, then then here's what I think we're trying to to express with all this. We're saying, or Neville's saying anyway, um, everything's already been cr- created, which I think is a little bit of a of a distortion, but I'll get there in a minute. Uh, everything's already been created. Now we're going to experience it all as if we're experiencing it for the first time, the deja vu feeling. I, like, I've been there before, but I feel like I'm experiencing it now for the first time. See what I'm saying? So once I start understanding it that way, and if I keep in mind the fact that creation is, is limitless and that the number of possibilities of the multiverse are limitless, then I have to ask myself, okay, if they're limitless... And if all the creation has been done, and if I'm experiencing what's already been done, and that, that experience is a continuous, ongoing experience, then how do I reconcile it back to the concept is, that is, what determines the events which you encounter? And the answer is your concept of yourself. But here's the interesting part. The concept of myself is ever-evolving. So if the concept of myself is ever-evolving, then... To me, that shows why the limit of saying everything's already been created is actually a limitation of the wording. It's a limitation of, of the concept. Like, right. we're having trouble, we're, we're, our minds are boggling, so we're saying well, everything's been created because we can't handle it any other way. But the, the, the phrase here, it's, it's your concept of yourself that, is, that you're continuing to encounter, that's the evolution part. That's the part that keeps building and building and building and building and building. And that's where the... Right, and, and it's it's fair to note that evolution is slow. Well, it doesn't matter how slow or fast, whatever. It has duration. 
whether we, I mean, we talk often about how the years seem to go by quicker the, old, the older you get and the slower what, the younger that you are. So, you know, duration right, is whatever I'm, you feel. I'm, partic- <laughs> I'm particularly referencing the, uh, the idea that, that you just said that our concept of oursel- ourselves are ever evolving. And mm-hmm. yes, they are. But it's sort of like when you, when you live with a child, and then you run into someone who hasn't seen you for a year and they say, oh, my goodness, to the child, right? You have grown so much. Mm-hmm. But when when we see the child every day, we don't notice it like someone who only sees them once a year. Often that's the because case, yeah. It's a, it's so gradual, right? And it's like our concept of ourself, you're right. Absolutely, we are. That concept does change. Mm-hmm. Uh, but evolution is slow, and it's... It often changes in increments that are so slow, unless we go about it consciously. I'm not speaking about making that's what a I was determination thinking. to. That's what right? I was thinking. Because I've been noticing yeah. for myself, uh, Louie actually pointed it out to me um, yesterday morning as well after the podcast. I've been noticing how I have been really pushing my own development. I'm mean, like striving to develop at a quicker rate than I had been developing before in terms of my understanding of being a deliberate creator. And... When you when you focus that way, you start to notice that that longer term trend easier. I mean, like you just described yes. the, the 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 parent who just barely even notices that the kid is growing. It takes somebody who hasn't seen the kid in a year to say, "Oh wow, he really grew." Oh yeah, I guess he did. Well, I'm I'm gaining that awareness in the now is what I'm saying. So that reinforces your yes. other point that you you don't have to be locked into a slow pace. You can speed up the pace, and, and that to me is encouraging. I, that's what I'm trying to get up to. That that's the encouraging part. It doesn't have to be a slow pace. It can be as fast or as slow as you want it to be. Yeah, and the limits that we were talking about, you know, that that if everything's already created, the the limitation of limits. <laughs> yeah. The limit is it infinite or is it? But it's so big and so far out anyway that to me that hardly matters. It really doesn't. No, I mean, it, it, for for me, it was more just coming to terms with what he was saying when he said everything's already been created because it just rubbed me the wrong way. And then I had to finally come to the conclusion. You know what? That's a limitation of of our wording. We just don't have a good way to describe it. So that's the best way he he can find to describe it. And that reconciled it for me. Perfect. It's kind of like the whole idea of the universe experiencing itself. Yeah. That always was like, what are you saying? <laughs> Speak English. And then one day I got it, right? It's like, okay, I get this. Yeah. <laughs> the, li- the mind that sees the limitation is the limitation. Mm, yes. Very okay, true. So, he's, so, so you were talking about what determines your time track. Mm-hmm. He says that is what determines the events you encounter. Right. The answer is your concept of yourself. Mm-hmm. Um, concepts determine the route that attention follows. Here's a good test to prove this fact. Assume the feeling of your wish fulfilled and observe the route that your attention follows. You will observe that as long as you remain faithful to your assumption, so long will your attention be confronted with images clearly related to that assumption. For example, if you assume that you have a wonderful business, you will notice how in your imagination, your attention is focused on incident after incident relating to that assumption. Mm-hmm. Friends congratulate you, tell you how lucky you are. Others are envious and critical. 
From there, your attention goes to larger offices, bigger bank balances, and many other similarly related events. Persistence in this assumption will result in actually experiencing, in fact, that which you assumed. The same is true regarding any concept. If your concept of yourself is that you are a failure, you would encounter in your imagination a whole series of incidents in conformance to that concept. Thus, it's clearly seen how you, by your concept of yourself, determine your present, that is, the particular portion of creation which you now experience, and your future, that is, the particular portion of creation which you will experience. It's, it's interesting because I'm thinking about what you and I were talking about before the show started. Because um, I had brought up the idea um, that I've been kind of grappling with, the idea that passion is more potent than typical desire and more potent than just typical um, want and, and you know ask receive and ask believe and receive that kind of thing. It p- passion will actually go allow you to get past stuff that you you have other resistances to because the passion just drives it through. That's an Abraham concept. Um, And I'm thinking, how does that apply in this? Because I think it does apply. I'm I'm just trying to fit it in in the way that would make the most sense. So I think I'm asking for your help with that. Well, I think think it does apply, and I think the result shows up in speed. Yes. Yes, exactly. Because I was experiencing that this past week. Um, I, I have this, my wife has this medical issue that I haven't gone into on the air for a variety of reasons. Um, and there's some really interesting stories that, uh, uh, including one that I told you today, Cindy, before the podcast that, you know, there, there, there's a really big potential law of attraction story bu- building in this thing, but, um, I'm still not in the point where I want to talk about it. However, what I do want to say is that there were a couple times in the past week where my, well, one in particular, where passion just built in me incredibly. Um, and it was based on a, a fairly negative experience, but it built up fast. It was really, really potent, and I noticed it. I noticed it in a big, big way. And I was asking myself, and I asked uh, uh, before the podcast with you, what does it take to build up the passion each time? Because if we can build up the passion, my God, we can cut through all the resistances. Or who cares how many resistances we have? We just plow right through them. And, and that's what I'm wondering. What does, what does Neville inform us about that question? And I don't know what the answer is. So I thought I'd throw it out to see if you knew what the answer was. You know, I think that one of the things is allowing ourselves to be curious. Yes, true. Um, And that seems really simple, but as we, when we are children, we're curious about everything. Mm -hmm. And as we get older, sometimes that curiosity gets kind of tamped down, right? It's like, don't ask so many questions. Just, you know, it, it is because I said it is. Right, <laughs> exactly, yeah. Whatever. Um, but, but also, things that lend themselves to our own curiosity, which is going to be different for every person. But, you know, your, your particular passions, things that you're passionate about, we find them because we allow ourselves to be curious to discover new things. It's and true. sometimes, you know, we get so bogged down with, with work, with, daily life with chores with whatever you know 
whatever we see is necessary, the things that have to be done, mm -hmm. um, that, that we kind of relegate those areas of exploration and discovery and curiosity over to some other part of time that's later mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. that we never get to. I mean, I think that that's really important too. Now in, in the situation you were talking about, you know, that, that is a passion that's from a very strong desire, mm -hmm. not curiosity. Yeah. Uh, curiosity supports it because that's how we discover what works. But I think there's that idea of wanting something so badly. Yes. And, and what, what's interesting is reading through Neville's ending notes here, because we did, we finished this chapter too. Yay for us. <laughs> but when, when he talks about these ideas of concepts, determining the route that attention follows, right? And he's talking about the example of what if, what if your wish was to have a wonderful business? He uses the word assume. For example, if you assume you have a wonderful business, but mm -hmm. we're talking about assuming the feeling of the wish fulfilled. We're talking about going into that greater dimensional space where our imagination assumes we have a wonderful business. Right. And how in our imagination, right, we start hearing friends congratulate us or we might meet somebody that's critical or envious of us because we're so successful and we start thinking about the big office and the big bank balance. So he's got us thinking about all of that. And I could see somebody being passionate about that, wanting that so much. I want to be a success so much. I'm passionate about this. I'm going to, you know, I'm really going to let this happen. But then he talks about this other concept. He says the same is true regarding any concept. If you have a concept of yourself that you're a failure. Now, I can't imagine, I, I certainly can imagine someone perceiving of themselves as a failure. Well, and yeah. I cannot imagine someone being passionate about it. Well, I can I can imagine it in one way, and that is we we often get a hold of what Abraham calls the lack end of the stick, and we stick to that. It becomes part of our right? comfort zone, and in that sense, right. we do become passionate about it. It's not a passion in the sense of I am so passionate about it. It's a it's more passionate in the sense of of gritted determination to hang on for dear life to this one thing that we right. really don't want to hang on to. <laughs> I, I totally can see it in that the the stage of being completely convinced. Mm -hmm. Like, oh no, this is I'm I'm you know convinced of this situation. This is how it is. Like yeah. you said, it's like but, arguing for our limitations. And arguing for reality, that, but but story. you got to be realistic. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Arguing for dear life to hang on to the reality, right? To to what is uh, to this old story, right? Um, and so I think it comes close to passion. But it's, but it's, it's a, not quite it's the same the lower, thing, though. It's at the lower end of the emotional yeah, scale. Yeah, it's lower vibration. You're right. Yeah. Passion's at the top. Yeah. So, so it it has the weight, but it doesn't have the speed, and mm -hmm. that's probably a really good thing. Yes. This, <laughs> right. So if because if this had the speed, we'd all be in big trouble. Because of course big. we've all had these kind of thoughts once in a while, at mm -hmm. least. But but it doesn't have the speed, and I think the weight is there, not the speed. Passion gives us the speed. It's mm. a good point. It's a very good point. And I think we can, I think we can develop the passion by spending time focusing on assuming the feeling of the wish until and, it's second nature. 
Well, that that also ties into another concept that I, I'd like to bring up. And we only have a few minutes left, so I don't know, I don't know how much time we'll be able to put onto it. But um, a, a concept that uh, a, 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 almost a, a problem that has come up in a lot of conversations I've had with people on Facebook who have contacted me about, you know, can you help me with this problem or that that problem, is lack of feeling, lack of passion, lack of 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 emotional or sensory connection. Um, like I had a conversation with somebody who, uh, I asked her, she was having trouble with stuff. I asked her, well, what's her, her, uh, what's going well in her life? What are the good things? And, and she mentioned her son and how much she loves her son, how great he is and blah, 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 blah. And so I said, well, what, what do you know what that feels like? And she admitted to me, she didn't, she didn't have a feeling. It was what she believed, you know, uh, this is the way you're supposed to feel about your son, but she wasn't actually feeling it. And that really caught my attention. Because, I mean, your child, you, you, you're normally going to have a pretty strong connection there. So if you're not feeling that strong connection, it means you're, you're in Abraham's work, you're, you're pinching yourself off really, really a lot where that, where that one person is concerned or, or that, where that child is concerned. You, you've pinched yourself off so much you can't even feel it anymore. And so I just counseled her to just keep, you know, staying on the idea of, of what you love and so forth. And, and if you, and if you can keep focusing on, on the fact that you love that son and all the reasons why you love him, eventually the feeling will build back up again, which is kind of what you alluded to. Um, and I'm wondering, yeah, I'm wondering if that's what the secret is. Oh, go ahead. Is that you, you cannot selectively numb feelings. And oftentimes people do numb out certain feelings, mm. like, feelings that are uncomfortable, sadness, grief, mm -hmm. anger, frustration, mm -hmm. and they numb it with, with whatever addiction they choose, or they numb it by pushing it down and ignoring it. Right. And when that happens, we also numb out our whole range of feelings. Yes. That's why I'm always so, you know, strong about allowing yourself to feel everything. Mm-hmm. Because... You know, when you numb one thing out, you numb everything out. So. Exactly. Yeah, that's true. It was, it, but it's also what's making me think that because of that capability we have, which is not a good capability, but nevertheless, because it's there, because we do have that capability to just kind of block it, to pinch it off, to just stop it. I'm wondering to what degree we can tie passion in to unblock it. I think the passion is the result of the unblocking. <laughs> Well, I'm just thinking about uh, the idea that if, if I believe if, if I believe it, I will see it, rather than if I see it, I will believe it. Hmm. Yes. Well, intention. Yeah. <laughs> you just have to make the intention. Right, and that's why I think that's the idea of of continuing to focus on it. So, anyway, we're kind of running out of time. Before we run out entirely, I want to give you a chance to remind people how do they reach out to the wonderful Cindy Chavez with her, with her life coaching and. Or even just somebody who wants to reach out and ask you a question. How do they reach you? Um, they can find me online, cindychavez.com, C-I-N-D-I-E-C-H-A-V-E-Z.com. I would love to hear from you. Give me a shout. It's a lot of fun, isn't it, when we hear from people? And we, we often yeah. share what we hear. But, yeah, it's a lot of fun. It's great. <laughs> I love it. So this has been good, and uh, we'll have to continue the conversation tomorrow. I'm looking forward to it. I hope you are, too. I'll be back. All right. And we hope that uh, our listeners will join us as well next time here on LOA Today. Goodbye, everybody. Bye, everyone.